You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. And welcome back once again to Real Presence Live. Uh, the mist is starting to lift ever so slightly, I think, outside here. You can in, see a little uh, bit better. Here, here in Rock and Roll Rochester. At St. James Coffee, Nick Medelsky, Melissa Scaccio on Melissa's first inaugural run as a co-host. Uh, hopefully, she uh, sticks around after this experience. Hopefully, it's a it's been a good one so far. Oh yeah, it's, re- it's really fun. It's still early yet. It's so early. I we'll could see. totally screw up, and you might not want me back. So, <laughs> well, there you go. Our next guest is Adam Janke uh, with St. Paul Street Evangelization. I'm um, going to talk to us about some fantastic things. Uh, listeners here are familiar with St. Paul Street Evangelization. We've had Deb, Deb McManaman, who's kind of the local lead here in the uh, Diocese of Winona, Rochester. We've had her on before, but this is uh, Adam is from the, the main office uh, in uh, the Detroit area. So welcome, Adam. Yeah, guys. Thanks, uh, thanks for having me on. And uh, Melissa, do you want to talk about maybe uh, something that cleared up in your mind before we start? Oh, here? yeah. Um, so if you live in Minnesota, when you hear St. Paul Street Evangelization, um, I was thinking just in the city of St. Paul, Minnesota. Could, so could you explain how I was absolutely wrong about that? <laughs> yes. Yeah, so we're, our main offices are in the Detroit, Michigan area, but we have teams all around the country. So uh, we're certainly located at as you know, you've had Deb on the show before in the Minnesota area, and just teams all over. So, uh, it, it's uh, yeah, it's great to see the growth that we've had. And could you uh, tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and how you got involved with St. Paul Street Evangelization? Oh, certainly. I, I'm a Michigan native, and I was born and baptized Catholic. But uh, it's quite a story, actually. I was raised in the ELCA Lutheran Church, and mm. then converted to uh, to being Baptist in high school. So wow. I uh, got, uh, got kind of snagged by an after-school Bible study. One thing led to another. Then I found myself Baptist. Found myself out doing street street ministry as a Baptist and ran across some Catholics who said, hey, wait a second, we don't worship Mary. What's going on here? <laughs> and got into a long conversation. Took about two, two three years or so. And then in 2005, my wife and I uh, ended up entering the church, the Catholic Church. Beautiful. So I went to Franciscan University, became a DRE, and kept going, man, you know, every year it seems like fewer and fewer people go to Mass, fewer people receive the sacraments. What is going on here? And so uh, my wife and I got involved in the work of St. Paul Street Evangelization 10 years ago when, when we were founded, uh, and I've been doing it ever since then. Awesome. All right, and uh, many of our listeners have heard of this now um, because it's been on before, but can you give us a brief explanation of exactly what you do? Because in my mind, I'm seeing what I'm thinking you're doing, and it's probably not right, just like I didn't realize the name was incorrect either. Yeah, so, you know, most people think of of street evangelization. We conjure these images in our mind of, you know, people out there with signs that say repent, you know, or turn or burn, or, you know, things like that have... Mm -hmm. have, uh, you know, megaphones, yelling at folks. It, 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 yeah, that's just not what we do. You know, it, I mean, gosh, that's just obnoxious, right? Um, but we go out there. St. Paul Street Evangelization is just a Catholic grassroots nonprofit organization. We're dedicated uh, to responding to that mandate of Jesus to preach the gospel in a way that is uh, both public and non-confrontational and has been, as we found, uh, really, truly overwhelmingly effective. So, uh, that is our bread and butter. We have over 200 teams all over the country, mostly lay people, 
uh, mostly organized by city that'll dedicate, you know, a weekend and, uh, at, you know, afternoon, couple hours, go out, do some street ministry. Uh, but it's just so awesome to see how incredibly fruitful and effective it is because it's not about, sign, you know, holding up a sign. It's not about yelling at people. Really, it's about having a very calm, non-confrontational presence, allowing people to approach us. You know, we have signs that say, hey, free prayer, you know, uh, mm-hmm. and sacramental and stuff like that. It's just really cool to, to see uh, see people walk up to us and talk to us, and we get to pray for them and invite them. So, it, yeah, that's pretty much what we do. Absolutely, and we're really fortunate here in the Diocese of Winona, Rochester, uh, because uh, Bishop Quinn has been so supportive of St. Paul Street Evangelization. He's even, uh, even gone out um, and stood in front of the supermarkets or, or across the way from uh, Mayo Clinic here downtown um, and offered to pray with people, offered to have discussions with them. He's made sure that's part of the uh, the seminarians' formation, too, that they join at least once uh, you know, for that St. Paul Street Evangelization. So it's really you know, uh, been something that's... Um, taken off big here in the Diocese of Winona, Rochester. So it's exciting to talk about. Uh, but maybe uh, if you could tell our listeners uh, personally, I guess, and you said you sort of did this before you became Catholic and kind of in a way it led you to becoming Catholic. Uh, but why are you so passionate about um, evangelizing and kind of street evangelization? Yeah, you know, it, it like you said, it really started back in high school. I, I started reading the Bible just out of curiosity. I was kind of bored in math class. And I'm like, what, what's really in this book anyway, you know? And so I, I opened it up. I'm like, where's that story about Noah? And found it. And then it's like, where, where's that story about Moses? And found that. And I felt, ended up falling in love with Scripture and fell in love with this idea that we see in the book of Acts of going out and sharing the message of the gospel with other people. And a friend of mine reminded me, it's like, you know, it's like you're going for a walk and you see a, a building that's on fire and, and people are in that building and they don't realize it's on fire. Mm. And so what do you what do you have to do? You have a moral obligation to go and not just politely ring the doorbell, but pound on the door <laughs> if you have to and say, hey, the building's on fire. And it's right. the same thing today with souls that are being lost in this warning of Jesus and the Gospels that uh, we're called to, to spread the Gospel for the sake of salvation. Mm. And so that's how I got really passionate about evangelizing. That's how I got started in the, in the work of, of not only St. Paul Street Evangelization, but just realizing in my everyday life, family, friends, community, church, work, man, I've got to do this too. I've got to be part of that solution to evangelize. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Wow. That is so neat. Um, I... Yeah, I work in evangelization, too, and I never thought that was possible. And, you know, you just sometimes find yourself called to something, and you never think you'd be able to do it. Um, how have you witnessed how the impact of the street evangelization has, how, how has that impacted other people that you've seen? Yeah, you know, it, it not only impacts us as the evangelist. I mean, every time we go out there to bring Jesus to the streets, we find out Jesus is already there, right? Uh, mm-hmm. And everybody that, that we meet, that he's working on hearts. Uh, but it's so cool when we go out and we're on the street and we're evangelizing and we're talking to people, the impact that it has in their life. Sometimes people just need something as simple as an apology. They were Catholic, something happened, mm-hmm. the priest said something that they didn't mean to. They, they, you know, they left the church, and now they're just upset. They, you know, and no Catholic has ever just said, you know what? I'm sorry that happened to you. 
please accept, you know, my apology on behalf of the church. And then they come back. It's incredible. Mm. And so we see stories that are just coming in every single day from our teams all over the country. And it's like, you know, I have team leaders that walk up and go, Adam, my, my mind is completely blown. Every time I go out there, somebody comes up, even if it's a slow day, and says, God put you here for me today. You're exactly mm. who I needed to talk to. And then I think one of the best ways that we impact people is not only in the work of, of simply doing, like, street ministry, but our evangelists find that, like, street ministry is almost like low-hanging fruit, right? Like, you just go out there, and what happens, happens. But then when it comes to families, <laughs> following away children, uh, co-workers, being in the community, it's like, man, people that know me, they're hard to evangelize because they know my right. faults, right? They know who I am. And by going out into the street ministry, just getting used to rejection therapy, you know, it's like hearing the word no a few times, like all of a sudden it stops bothering me because of the immediate, right, immediate and dramatic impact that I, I see on people's lives, that, that our evangelists see on people's lives. And so it's so cool uh, just, you know, to be here at the national office, right, and have all these stories come in about uh you know, family and friends and people they meet on the street joining our CIA, uh, going back to a confession after 20 years away, uh, mm. you know, receiving the sacrament of baptism, receiving the Eucharist again, and, yeah. and all the healing that takes place as well uh, as a result of that. I think it's just amazing when you actually get to have feedback that, like, the seeds you're out there planting are, are doing some good. It just, I don't know, that makes me, I don't know, that just warms my heart, like, in any kind of evangelization effort, you just don't know if you're really making a difference immediately. And every once in a while, you get some feedback that makes you realize everything's worth it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, we and it is you know being up here at the national office is it is really kind of cool when we find out that people that we spoke to even five, six, ten years ago will contact us and say, "Hey, you remember talking to me? You know, ten years mm. ago." I'm so sorry, not really. Well, I just decided <laughs> to be Catholic, and we're like, wow. wow. That's so cool, you know. And, and so, yeah, sometimes we're planting seeds. We don't see the immediate impact of it. But you never know. Even years later, people can come back and say, you know what? You planted that seed, and somebody else planted a seed, and somebody else planted a seed. And you know what? Now I'm going to, to RCIA. So, yeah, it's pretty cool to see. It's pretty crazy what happens when you just love people. And, you know, you, you reflect the love of Christ at them, and then, um, yeah, wild things can happen like that. Like, ten years later, they remember. Yeah, absolutely, and that's that's the wild thing, is that, uh, like you said, you, this planting seeds, you don't necessarily see it right away, and you may not necessarily feel in that moment like you've necessarily, I don't know, succeeded, I guess, <laughs> at street evangelization at first, right? Um, but yeah, success it's, is awfully it's, hard to measure. It's not, yeah, exactly, right? It's not something that's a straightforward, I'm going to talk to this person, and by the end of that conversation, they're going to go straight over and sign up for RCIA, right? Um, it's a process in a lot of cases, right? Yeah, it's a process. You know, sometimes that does happen, but often we end up exchanging information with people we meet on the street, eat for coffee somewhere, invite them to an event at church, see them there, they think about it, they get a Bible, they, they read, they listen to audio talks, read books and whatnot, and over time, by, by working on those relationships, by loving them into the church, uh, eventually it has, yeah, you do get to see that fruit. You know, not all the time, not everybody, but, but we do get to see fruit. 
It's like the idea of the divine appointment. God will send you who you need to talk to, and then hopefully they respond. Absolutely. Well, uh, we've talked all about it, and I'm sure a lot of our listeners' interest is piqued in how they could get involved uh, in St. Paul Street Evangelization. We'll talk about an exciting event coming up in July, a full immersion experience, um, and we'll talk about that after the break. Stay tuned on Real Presence Live. This is Real Presence Live, where the focus is not on the evil around us, but on conversion and mercy through the good news that is always good. We're local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network. SJ Machine, proudly named after and dedicated to St. Joseph, provides machining and induction heat treating to a variety of industries. Just as St. Joseph worked diligently to meet his family's needs, SJ Machine strives to understand and meet our customers' production needs. Prototype to production, working together towards success. SJ Machine can be reached at 701-347-0155 and are a proud supporter of the Real Presence Radio Network. Hello, this is Mike Kidrowski, the Director of Advancement for Real Presence Radio with today's Plan Giving Minute. Philanthropy is an expression of your generosity with the understanding that your gift to the church will make a difference. There are many ways in which you can make a gift to further God's work. Most of us are familiar with cash gifts we give regularly to Real Presence Radio. However, another way of contributing is through plan giving, which may allow you to give more than you've ever dreamed possible. The goal of plan giving is to help you plan your estate and charitable giving in a way that benefits you, your family, and our mission. There are several ways you can make these planned gifts and enjoy tax and income benefits. For more information, please visit our planned giving website at rprlegacy.org or call me at 701-290-4503. Let's get started. The Mustard Seed Catholic Store is South Dakota's place to purchase Catholic books, gifts, and decor. With locations in Rapid City and Sioux Falls, we are here to provide you with gifts for the Catholic occasions in your life. From baptism to First Communion, confirmation to weddings, and ordinations, we pride ourselves in having local artists share their creative talents, making rosaries, crucifixes, artwork, coffee, and books. We are located in Rapid City on Main Street, in the new Diocesan Building, or in Sioux Falls on Grange Avenue across from Costco. This is Real Presence Live on the RPR Network, bringing you stories of faith and hope through local hosts and guests from across the Upper Midwest. Now, back to the show. And welcome back once again, Real Presence Live listeners. Nick Bedelsky here in the wonderful St. James Coffee House. Melissa Scaccio joining me as co-host for inaugural, in, I'll say that word correctly. Inaugural. 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 <laughs> uh, turn on the show here. So uh, exciting to have that going on. We're speaking with Adam Janke of St. Paul Street Evangelization. And um, of course, the question always comes up anytime we talk to anyone involved with St. Paul Street Evangelization. Anytime you hear the little ads during Al Cresta's show or Teresa Tamio's show, right? Um, you think, well, um, uh, I, that, that's nice that other people do that, but God could never call on me to do that. Um, so what would you say to someone who, who thinks like that, that they could never um, see themselves as an evangelist, could never see themselves evangelizing. You know, I really understand. Uh, I, I mean, those are my people. Look, I'm an introvert by nature, and so 
I, I totally get it. Like going out there and, and talking to people about faith, going out there and evangelizing, that seems so intimidating. Uh, and yet, at the same time, when we read the words of the church, that uh, the witness to the faith, evangelizing, is ne- uh, necessary for our salvation in the Catechism of the Catholic Church. So I go, oh man, you know what? What am I going to do? I mean, how am I going to evangelize as an introvert? Right? It's like I, I go out in the street. On the street, sometimes we get nervous and kind of want to disappear into the background. And yet, and yet, uh, we're all called to evangelize. So we might not even have the gift of evangelization, you know? We might not have the gift of hospitality, but that doesn't mean that we get to be a jerk for Jesus, right? We're still <laughs> called to be hospitable. We're, we might not have a particular gift or gifting for evangelization, but we're still called uh, to share our faith. And one of the things I love about St. Paul Street Evangelization is we try to equip everyone, uh, just the everyday person, not the professionals, right, just the everyday person, uh, with simple tools that they can use to evangelize. I mean, one of my, my favorite, like, 15, 30-second stories here is I, uh, I was with a friend of mine, I gave her a bunch of miraculous medals, and I, and I said, Kathy, your job is to give these away to people. And she was in her doctor's office, sitting there, like, at an appointment, all nervous. And her doctor's like, Kathy, what, what's up? And she's like, uh, this is a miraculous medal. It, it's for you. Adam made me do it. <laughs> and doctor, believe it or not, the doctor was, like, so grateful for this gift. In fact, uh, he broke down in tears. And he said, mm-hmm. my marriage is blowing up. My practice is blowing up and everything. And he took that miraculous medal to his wife. They talked about it. They prayed about it. They came back to the faith. Uh, wow. His, his doctor, like his practice, ended up being saved. He's like, wow. this is so miraculous. This is amazing. Because she had courage enough to, like, go out there and just try. And so I think even if we feel like we're not called to evangelize, we are in the circumstances of our everyday life. But simple tools can really, you know, these, these simple tools can really help us be effective in it. Well, like, what happened, like she wasn't quite sure like i think that's people's biggest hang-up with evangelization is like i don't know all the answers i don't have a degree in mm-hmm. theology so like what would you tell people who feel like they just don't they may have they may be full of faith and um want to share but they don't know the answers to the questions people might ask what would you tell them well like kathy didn't even have to answer any theological questions and i've gotten a little bit rusty and apologetic going out and doing street ministry because most of the people walking down uh, you know, the street of, of your city are not thinking, hmm, hmm. I wonder why Catholics worship Mary. They're thinking <laughs> about the anxieties of their own life and what's happening in their own world. And so, you know, it's like for Kathy, it was like, you know, the doctor said, oh, man, everything is blowing up in my life. And her response is, well, let's say a prayer about that. She didn't hmm. have to do any of that. So, you know, we, we can have, I mean, apologetics is good and it's important and we could, should have some basic answers to some basic questions. But we certainly shouldn't worry, be worried about having every answer because we can simply say, you know what? I don't know. I, or I let's no let's Google it. That's my favorite answer. Yeah, let's look Google it up on Google. <laughs> and I think that's humanizing too to be able to to admit to people, well, I I actually don't know the answer to that. I'll look that up for you. Um, instead of <laughs> feeling like you're talking with a computer or you know uh, some kind of an impersonal, you know, uh, answers out of the box type of person. But you know, it's a very human experience. I think too. You know, honestly, I don't know. I'll have to get back in touch with you. Um, we can talk about it a little bit, uh, but let's pray together. Uh, so I, that uh, you know, I think, like you said, a lot of people 
get this in their head that, oh, man, what, when's this guy going to come up with the perfect question? And I'm just going to get wrecked by this guy. He's going to come at me with this apologetics, and I'm going to have no idea what to say. But that's, like you said, not the majority of people out there. The majority of people just need someone to pray with them, really. You know, um, Like you said, a lot of times it's just as simple as, oh, all Catholics aren't jerks, or they aren't like this one priest that made me leave the church, or you know, something like that. Or like, I can't um, believe you're Catholic because you're so nice. Like, yeah, yeah, I've gotten that a few times, yep. yep. There's no people that are Catholic that are like that, nope. <laughs> yeah, so it's, it's really a much more human encounter than I think a lot of people make it. They want it, you know, it's this debate, I think, in their heads, this theolo- massive theological debate, when in reality... It's just a conversation between friends, uh, loving each other um, to the truth, right? Um, yep, yep, that's exactly what it is. And that, that really speaks to our own motto, which is listen to friend, proclaim, and invite. You know, there, there's nowhere about, you know, nothing about arguing in that <laughs> right. motto or nothing. The confrontational conversations, right? It's just a simple, friendly conversation. Not like a very formal debate or anything. No, no debate team stuff happening. No, so no debate a- team so there's a, as we kind of mentioned before the break, there's an upcoming immersion uh, conference. Could you tell us a little bit about what that is? And I think the tagline is an evangelization training intensive. Uh, could you uh, mm-hmm. tell our listeners a little bit about what that is? Yeah, it's coming up here in July, July 7th, 8th, and 9th. It's uh, one of the most unique Catholic conferences in the world. I absolutely love it. You know, a lot of conferences, they want to get hundreds or thousands of people into their conference. Uh, we keep our conference smaller. We we don't like to really have any more than 200, 250 people, because this conference, we go out and we're going to evangelize. But we're going to evangelize with you. You're going to be on an evangelization team. You're going to make new, lifelong friends. You're going to have a great time. You're going to have the opportunity to listen to awesome talks and breakouts. You're going to have an opportunity to receive prayer. We're going to have adoration. We're going to have Mass with Archbishop Alan Vigneron here in Detroit. Awesome. Uh, and you're going to have the opportunity then to... Uh, not only be part of our 10th anniversary, it's our 10th anniversary this year, and we're going to have a big party, uh, but then we're going to go out and we're going to try, and we're going to do this together, uh, to go and do some different types of evangelization. So Friday, we're going to go do door-to-door ministry. Uh, Saturday, we're going to do street ministry during the day. Uh, and then Saturday night, uh, a big night, we're going to have a Light the Fire event. And this Light the Fire event, we're going to go into one of the most beautiful churches in Detroit, Michigan, downtown Detroit, Michigan, right where all the, the nightlife happens, right where there's all these restaurants, uh, sports stadiums, casinos, everything else, and there are thousands of people on the street. And we're going to open up the doors of that church, and we're going to go out and we're going to invite people in. Now, the last time we did that, we had over 800 people come into the doors of Old St. Mary and receive prayer, uh. pray before the Eucharist, light their own candle and talk to our evangelists, and the tears just flowed. It was one of the most incredible experiences of my life. And so not only do you you know think of it as a typical conference where you have talks and music and everything else, but we're going to be active in the work of evangelization. So if you're thinking, you know what, I kind of want to do this, but I am so nervous about it, come to our event because we're going to do it together. You're never going to be on your own. You're never going to be alone with just like one other person evangelizing. We're always going to go evangelize as a team, and you're going to feel the promptings of the Holy Spirit uh, for you to speak up, for you to pray with other people. And as long as you say yes to those promptings, it's just so much fun. It's so easy to do, and it is just—it's an incredible time. So I would encourage all the, uh, all of your listeners uh, to join us if they can. 
And I know, uh, speaking with Deb McManaman, who's the leader here, uh, she said, you know, she had heard about the the conference there, uh, you know, in years past, the same kind of experience and thought, well, I'm coming from little Owatonna, Minnesota, small town, and now all of a sudden I'm in Detroit on the street proclaiming the gospel, you know, having conversations with random people on the street. She said it was all kind of, you know, very much outside of her comfort zone, yet at the same token, that's how she got hooked uh, into this kind of ministry. Uh, so it uh, it comes highly recommended. And uh, if for nothing else, Old St. Mary's in Greektown is a beautiful church, uh, just a beautiful church. So it's, it's worth the experience uh, just for that. So I can't, uh, can't recommend that highly enough. Well, and then like Heavy, you were talking about how Deb was out of her comfort zone in the big city. Um, Adam, can you talk a little bit about like safety-wise, like as a woman going out into the streets of Detroit or even like up in Minneapolis, like safety would be slightly a concern. Like, um, could you explain how how that looks for people, like making sure that your evangelists are safe? Yeah, you know, we're never more than a block or so from the church, and this is really a pretty safe area that police are, are out there in force, because this is one of the areas where a lot of commerce happens, where, like I said, there's restaurants, there's shops, there's uh, sporting, you know, sports stadiums and everything else in this kind of area of Detroit. And so it's not thought, uh, I know sometimes Detroit kind of gets a bad rap and it's thought of as being unsafe. This area of Detroit that we're going to be in just for this one event, uh, that we're going to bus people in and bus people out of is really pretty darn safe. And, of course, we're in teams as well, uh, and we never have had any kind of problem at all. Uh, but for the most part, for the rest of the conference, we're going to be in Royal Oak, Michigan, uh, which is a, a little bit more of an upper-class town, uh, but it's still it, it's extremely safe, and it's a very walkable city. Um, and so we, you know, that, that's where most of the conference will take place. Well, awesome. Thank you so much uh, for joining us this morning, Adam. Uh, the website to find out more is streetevangelization.com. Uh, this uh, evangelization training intensive is coming up July 7th through 9th in uh, Metro Detroit. So uh, if you're interested in that, like Adam said, only 250 people can attend. So if you're interested, go ahead and uh, and reserve your spot now for that. Uh, again, streetevangelization.com. Thank you so much for joining us this morning, Adam. Yeah, thank you for having me on. And after the break, uh, we have some exciting conversations to have. Stick with us through the break. You're listening to Real Presence Live. Real Presence Live. 